You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 213. In this episode, I'll share a mistake that cost me $50,000 and took one year to fix. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's episode is about a costly mistake that I made when I hired the wrong person for my team, what it cost me and how long it took me to have everything fixed. I'm sharing my mistake with you so that you learn from me and don't make the same mistake. To grab the show notes of this episode, go to sigma.com forward slash 213. I'm an experienced business person. I've been running businesses since 2004, so I know a thing or two about hiring the right person. But I'm human and I make mistakes. And sometimes these are expensive mistakes. Today I'm sharing one with you because I know that you can learn from this one too. Let me take you back to November 2014. My business had started to take off. October had been my first five-figure month, and it looked like November was going to be another five-figure month. Before that, I had been earning anywhere from $150 to $4,000, so a lot of money was suddenly coming into my PayPal account. And this turned out to be a problem. One day, I got an email from PayPal that due to unusual activity on my account, they had frozen it. Just like that, without any warning. I had no access to my money and I could only receive money but not take any money out. This was serious stuff. I shared what had happened in a Facebook group with other female entrepreneurs and as it turned out, this was something that PayPal tends to do if you suddenly increase your revenue. No warning, just an email to tell you that your account is frozen until they have all the information they asked for. In order to open the account again, I had to provide them with a profit and loss statement and a balance sheet, plus explain my business in detail with information that not even my bank has ever asked for. This was my first year in business. I was doing my books myself and had set up everything in zero accounting system. I had been planning to hire a bookkeeper, but with my revenue being so unstable and not even having finished my first year in business, I was in no hurry to hire anyone. I had been planning to find someone after the year was over, but now I was in urgent need of a bookkeeper, as I couldn't produce all this information PayPal was asking for without outside help. I was under time pressure. I had no access to my money and needed to solve this problem fast. I wanted to hire someone who knew Zero so they could dive right in and get to work fast. Zero has a list of certified Zero accountants. So I went to that list and started to look up companies. There was no one in Switzerland certified, so I chose to check out accountants in the UK and Ireland. 
Accounting is very similar across the world, so you can easily have an accountant from another country, but the person doing your taxes should always be from your country and ideally from the city where you live so that they can communicate easily with the local tax authorities. I looked through the many websites for the ideal accountant. I was looking for a small company or a solopreneur and not a big company that charges an arm and a leg. I found a candidate and emailed him. Let's call him Tim. He was very responsive, so I had an offer within a few hours. The offer was only 70 euro or $80 a month, and I thought that was a great deal. I liked that his social media profiles were up to date, that he had a Skype handle on his website. Tim was an accredited accountant and able to do a lot more than just bookkeeping if I needed it. I also reached out to other companies, but they were slow at responding and their offers were totally out of my league. I decided to go with Tim. We agreed that I should pay for the full year of 2014 in one go so he could get to work and produce the information PayPal was asking for. I had to use my credit card overdraft to pay the accountant because I had no access to PayPal to pay his invoice. Tim got to work and within a few days I had my profit and loss statement and a balance sheet. I sent all the information I'd been asked for to PayPal and 48 hours later my account was open again, but with a heavy restriction. Because I shared with them that I sold 90-day coaching packages that my clients usually paid up front, they decided, PayPal, to hold back 30% of my revenue for 90 days at a time until they released it. I remember how upset I was at this new rule that PayPal decided to put on my account. No client had ever asked for a refund and my coaching programs were anyway non-refundable and still PayPal decided that for security measures they would hold back 30% of my revenue for 90 days. There was no point arguing with PayPal, so I decided to sign up with Stripe quickly after this episode in order to minimize my risk of not having all my eggs in one basket. And actually, this is not the only time PayPal has frozen my account, but that's another story for another episode. Tim was now my bookkeeper, and every month I sent him bank statements so he could do my bookkeeping. He was very shy and introverted guy, so I didn't hear much from him. I could see inside Zero that he was doing my bookkeeping, and on a rare occasion, I would get a question on how to book some costs in my business. 2015 came along and my business continued to take off. The two virtual assistants that I had been working with since the fall of 2014 couldn't keep up with the growth, so I looked for someone more experienced. I hired three virtual assistants within a few months, and we were all very busy to build my membership site and website and keep up with the new ideas that I had for the business and all the new clients joining my programs. I was able to double the revenue of the previous year, and I could feel that more growth was ahead. 2016 arrived, and the growth of the business continued as I had anticipated. The constellation of my team changed again when I decided to rather work with one assistant instead of three. My group programs grew, I did my first retreat, and I started to prepare for stopping my one-on-one coaching packages and only do groups and my membership site. Again, I was able to double the revenue of the previous year, and still I felt there was even more growth coming. 2017 was suddenly there and I made the goal of making $1 million, which meant I needed to triple my revenue in one year. 
I was excited about the year ahead and also that my husband was now joining me after I was able to retire him. This gave me an extra boost to have a multiple six-figure launch right at the beginning of the year. Just after the launch, I started to prepare for our 2016 tax report and printed out all transactions from 2016 to go through them line by line. I had done this every year to make sure there was no mistake in the books. I'm not an accountant and haven't learned bookkeeping, but I found it very helpful and important to know every detail of my books so that if anyone asked about a revenue or a cost item, I would be able to answer for it. So I would sit for several hours and go through the books for the whole year, line by line. The way I worked this out with Tim was that if I saw something wrongly booked, I could tell him and he would fix it. These could be costs that were booked on the wrong category. Let's say something was booked on marketing cost and it should have been an office cost. This could have been a restaurant expense that I didn't want to have in the books and had been expensed by mistake. Whatever it was, it was normally very easy for Tim to fix it or I could even fix it myself because I knew Sarah pretty well. As I was going through all the transactions for 2016, I noticed something weird with my business credit card. I had had a business credit card that I later canceled and since there had been a mix-up with the invoices of this credit card and by mistake I had paid twice the same invoice, I created an Excel sheet to see the amount of every invoice and when it was paid to make sure everything was correct in our books and would match with our bank records and the credit card company log files if we ever needed to verify. By creating this Excel sheet, I saw that this had been wrongly booked in zero. I realized in an instance that Tim, who had now been my bookkeeper for almost three years, was sloppy. A sloppy bookkeeper is not a good sign. A short note for anyone who might not know accounting so well. All revenue and cost items can be correctly booked. But if you don't match payments for bills and invoices correctly, then the books are not correct. A mistake like this can have long-winded consequences. I went into Zero to see if I could discover any more sloppy work. And sure enough, I found a number of unmatched invoices and bills that were either incorrectly matched or wrongly matched. I was in deep shock as I was realizing this. It looked like the books were a mess, even though they looked neat and clean on the outside for the untrained eye. You get what you pay for was the quote that came to my mind. Did I really think I would get a qualified bookkeeper for $80 a month? Yes, naively I thought I could, because my books were really simple. But I was about to learn a lesson, and I hope you're listening too. I went to do a big Facebook group with female entrepreneurs and asked for a recommendation of a qualified accountant who understood international transfers and currency accounting. Within a few hours, I had a recommendation, and the next day, I was talking to a potential new bookkeeper. Her hourly rate was $60, almost the same as the monthly rate of Tim. She had good references, and I felt she knew what she was talking about. I decided to take my chances on, let's call her Cheryl. I fired Tim and locked him out of all services within hours. Tim was not happy. He said he had done a good job for a low price for years and I couldn't just cut him off like that. I was very unhappy with him and wrote one email explaining my decision, but didn't reply to further emails from him. I did though pay him extra two or three months, so I don't feel I owe him anything. On the contrary, 
As it turned out, the books were a mess. Cheryl started to poke around and she confirmed to me that all of the books looked neat and clean on the outside to the untrained eye and the back end things were unmatched and wrongly matched and in no correlation with bank statesmen or the log files. This was not good. But things were going to get even worse. The same week, I fired Tim and hired Cheryl and get a confirmation that my hunch about messy books was correct, I get a letter from the Swiss tax authorities. The letter announces me that they're auditing my business and I should hand in copies of all invoices and all bills plus any other information that helps them determine that I'm doing my books correctly. That night, I didn't sleep well. But the next night, I woke up thinking about my options. The books were a mess and that's exactly what the auditors wanted to check. So it would be best for me to just tell them the truth. On the letter from the tax authorities was a name and a phone number, so I called up the woman. I explained to her my business model and what had just happened. That I had just found out about my messy books, fired my previous accountant and hired a new one. And it would take us some time to fix this mess. She was quite strict and said she still wanted a copy of all my invoices and bills. I told her that I didn't have that because my business was all online and my books too and suggested that I could give her access to my Sarah account. She said that was okay and asked me how much time we needed to fix the books. I told her we needed probably two months. Okay, get back to me in two months then, she said. At the end of the call, she was actually very friendly and I thought even I had made her positively interested in my business. She shared with me that the audit was mainly to check if I was expensing personal costs to the business. I told her that it may look like that because I travel a lot and have home offices in two countries. She said that was all okay. Traveling for marketing and home offices were no problem. It was about excessively putting personal costs into the books that obviously didn't belong there. It really sounded like she would be fair in auditing a modern online business that has huge marketing costs. I wasn't worried at all about the audit now, and that was a huge relief. With the official auditor off our back for now, we got to work to fix the books. Cheryl asked me if she should just fix the books from January 2017 onwards and leave the previous years unfixed, but I decided against it. She warned me that it would be very costly to fix the other three years, but I couldn't think of having a messy history. Cheryl teamed up with Martin, my husband, to go through every single transaction from January 2014. Instead of the two months that I thought it would take to fix the books, it took us one year and well over $15,000 in outsourcing costs. Here I'm not even counting the time Martin and I spent on this project, just what expenses we had to fix the books. Overall, the cost was more realistically 50000 if you count all of our hours too. In addition to fixing the books, we had to file new tax reports. My tax auditor is someone who should actually have helped me discover the mistakes in the books, but she never logged into Xero because she doesn't know the software. She did all the tax reports based on the printouts that I brought to our meetings. And when we discovered all the mistakes from Tim, I got her on a call with Cheryl so we could together go over the changes that we were doing to fix all the mistakes, so she could explain the changes to the tax authorities. 
The official auditor got access to Zero, she logged in twice, and since then, I haven't heard from her. Overall, the story has a happy ending. I learned from my mistake, I have crispy clean books, happy auditors, and I know that you will never make a mistake like this because I've shared mine with you. Remember, you get what you pay for. Want to know how I built my business? In the seven stages video series, I share case studies from my business so you can build your business faster. Go to sigrun.com forward slash 213 to sign up and there you also get the show notes. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.